Welcome to Guitar Books, the podcast. My name is Joe McMurray. Today, I'm going to be talking about Fingerstyle 101 by Dan Thorpe. This is a popular book on Amazon, and it is a method book teaching you how to play fingerstyle guitar. It's aimed at beginner players, um, players that have maybe a little experience with open chords and strumming, um, but they want to get into finger picking. This book will not teach you how to play like Tommy Emanuel or Chet Atkins or the modern players like uh, Andy McKee and Don Ross and Mike Dawes. This is a very basic book for people who generally know their open chords already and they want to learn how to play general finger-picking patterns over chords. Um, This book, he mentions it in the book, it is aimed at, um, or it's written for players who maybe are older, maybe recent retirees who want to learn how to play fingerstyle guitar or they used to play and they've gotten away from it while they've been involved in their careers. So it is interesting. He has some some nice insights on um, posture and technique so that you can avoid um, injury and it's especially helpful for older players. He also has a lot of psychological information, just tips and techniques on how to learn and memorize and be creative and things like that. This book has a lot of text, there's a lot of reading, a lot of advice. There is one section with a lot of playing, but there actually isn't that much music in this, but for a real beginner player, it will be helpful. So, before I get deeper into this, I want to tell you about my own book, which is called Arranging for Fingerstyle Guitar. I've written this to show you uh, how to take a simple melody, one simple melody, and arrange it in hundreds of different ways so that in the end you can hopefully arrange any melody in a variety of styles. The book is available through the link in the description below. Also, if you haven't heard my music, my music is available on all the streaming platforms. I've recently released four Uh, Tracks from my upcoming album, Pins on the Map. This is my third fingerstyle guitar album. The four tracks that are available currently are Open Road, Lost and Found, The Matador, and the title track, Pins on the Map. So please check those out or my previous two albums if you haven't already. Alright, back to Fingerstyle 101 by Dan Thorpe. So this book... I bought it because it was popular on Amazon. I don't need this book, really. It I wouldn't recommend it to, to an advanced player at all. It is useful as a teacher. There are some, there's some nice advice and things that I can pass along to my students. It is nice that the book has audio samples available online for all of the examples, the musical examples. I also appreciate that the author is really speaking to... A certain demographic of the population. He's written this book really for older students. That being said, it is the the information in here is useful for people of all ages. So you don't have to be 65 and retired to get this book and get something out of it. So now I'm going to open up the book and I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about what's inside. So the book's broken up into three sections. Part one is the absolute fundamentals of finger picking. This is a text section, there are no playing examples. It's about 40 pages long. 
Part two is the 10 fun, stunning, and must-know finger-picking patterns. This is where you get to play. And part three is developing further and an experienced guitar teacher's words of wisdom. Some more advice and that sort of thing. At the end, there's a chord reference guide and a beginner's guide to reading guitar tab. So if you've never read tab, this is useful. I've had some beginner students who haven't read tab before and maybe I could, in the future I could refer them to this guide. It's about eight pages long and it, it's pretty good. So let's go into part one, the absolute fundamentals of finger picking. He's got secrets of finger picking technique that most guitarists get wrong. It's got some tips and tricks to make your journey easier and more enjoyable. Uh, things like how to hold the guitar properly so that you avoid injury, which is very important if you play a lot or if you are older, or if you already have pre-existing conditions with your back or with your shoulders. Uh, things like using the minimum pressure required. This is really important. I've actually had some, some hand injuries along the way. Things like every once in a while, if I play too hard, I'll get this really intense, sharp pain on the tip of a finger, and it takes a couple weeks to go away. I hate it when that happens. It usually happens from playing either too much or too hard or a combination of the two. I've also gotten a cyst on one of the tendons on my finger from playing too much. That's no good either. So. Avoiding injury really is important. He has a section on the finger picking with nails or skin debate. I think this is kind of fun to talk about. I personally use nails now. I didn't at the beginning, but then some of the players I was listening to use nails and I tried it out and I don't think I could go back. I'm very fortunate that I have strong nails. They don't break on me. They don't wear down very fast but my tone is much crisper and cleaner. I have more control over the tone. I really like using nails. They're not super long. They're more like classical guitar nails. I don't have a super long thumbnail either, but I really like them. For you, you just have to make a decision on, on whether it's worth it to you. There are great players who don't use nails, like Tommy Emanuel, so you can do either or. He has this capo chord improver method that I really like. I've never really thought about it in this way. As you move the capo higher up the fretboard, it does make the, it's like you have a shorter scale length. The frets are closer together, so a lot of times it's easier to make stretches. It's just easier to play certain things. So he actually likes to use this with his students, and he'll have them start with the capo on maybe the fifth fret, and practice it several times there, and then you'll move the capo down to the fourth fret and practice the exercise or the song there, and keep moving it down and you'll, you'll slowly get better. It'll be easier than just starting out with no capo. So that was something useful that I, I learned and I will pass on to my students as well. Um, so he's got some tips and tricks like that. He's got seven deadly finger-picking mistakes. Um, so then we get to part two, which is the finger picking patterns. So this is where you actually get to play. There are 10 patterns and for each pattern, he'll give you the basic pattern and then the basic pattern over a simple chord progression. 
And then finally he'll have a, a slightly more interesting example where he might have a moving melody note or a moving bass note or something just to make it a little bit more interesting. These aren't going to be performance pieces that you can play at a gig or really in front of anybody. I mean, they would work really well if you were playing fingerstyle guitar and singing. So you're just playing finger-picking patterns over the chord progression and you're singing over it or a friend is singing. Some of these will work very well for that. Some of them could be the basis for creating your own song, but as they are, they're, they're pretty short and simple. So I'm going to play a few of them for you so you get an idea of what I'm talking about. At first, I'll just start with the first one. He calls this the going up pattern. So this is a 6-8 time signature pattern. Um, so you're counting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And actually, he says he likes to use the capo here on the 5th fret. So I'll do it like he suggests. So you're gonna, you don't need any fingers down, it's an E minor chord. You could hold the E minor chord. Um, this is actually, you're gonna hear this as an A minor chord, but because of the capo, it looks like you're playing an E minor. But anyway, here we go. And then, example two, he'll take that pattern and put it over a simple chord progression, C, G, D. So we're going to play. And then the third example, he's going to have a couple moving melody notes, or that there will be a moving melody note in each measure. The chord progression is what he calls the 50s chord progression. It's a 1-6-4-5. In the key of C major, this is C major, A minor, F major, G major. So this is a popular chord progression, and I'll go ahead and play this for you. So it's a pretty simple piece. It does sound pretty. It would work really well as an intro to a song or an outro. It would work really well underneath somebody singing. So let's go, let's do one more. So the next pattern is that I'm gonna go over is called the London pattern. This is pattern number seven on page 73. This is a classic Travis picking pattern. I'm going to place the capo on fret two as he suggests. So this is, Travis picking patterns typically have an alternating bass line. It's different, this is over an E minor chord. You can go root, octave, root, octave. Sometimes you go root, octave, fifth, octave. These are really popular patterns. If you've ever heard Chet Atkins play or Tommy Emmanuel, they use this when they're playing solo finger style pieces all the time. Most finger picking players are good at Travis patterns. So this is an important one to learn and I'll show you the three examples here. 
So the first one is over an E minor chord, which you'll hear is an F sharp minor, but the capo, it looks like an E minor. Here we go. Then he moves on to having you play this pattern over a simple chord progression of C, G, D. So here we go. And finally, example three, he has you play this over a slightly more interesting chord progression. So here we go. It's a nice sounding piece and it shows you how to utilize the London pattern over some different chord changes with some couple moving melody notes and a couple moving bass notes. So it's a nice little pattern to learn. Again, I wouldn't probably go out and perform that as a solo piece, but I think you get the idea. This is not for learning how to play solo fingerstyle guitar. So that's all I'm going to play for you, but I'm going to continue going through the book. So there are the 10 patterns. And then the final part three is developing further and an experienced guitar teacher's words of wisdom. So he has 10 steps for getting the most out of your finger picking playing. These are useful tips, how to go about setting goals and practicing efficiently so that you get the most out of your playing and you progress as fast as you can and how to enjoy it along the way. So I would definitely read this if you are, even if you're, if you're experienced, I think it's useful. It was useful for me to read through. Great advice. And then there are a few more words of wisdom at the end. And that's it. So it's not that long of a book. The whole thing, not including the appendices, it's only 113 pages. And only the center section is really has much playing. The, the last section does have a, an example or two. It's really the middle 55 pages that have examples that you'll play. So this is Fingerstyle 101 by Dan Thorpe. I recommend this to beginner players who have a little bit of experience strumming open chords and they want to start learning fingerstyle. This is not for the player that wants to learn how to play solo fingerstyle guitar in the styles of Tommy Emmanuel or Chet Atkins or Andy McKee or Don Ross or the way that I play, if you've listened to my music. Um, however, it's a good starting point. After you've been through this book, maybe you'd want to go over to something like the Alfred Beginning Fingerstyle Guitar or Hal Leonard's Fingerstyle Method or the complete Chet Atkins Guitar Method from Mel Bay. These are better starting points for learning to play solo fingerstyle guitar. There are also some other fun books out there, like Bruce Emery's Fingerstyle Guitar from Scratch. There's Ken Perlman's book, Fingerstyle Guitar. There are many different method books out there. One of these method books might work better for you, depending on your skill level and the way that your brain works, how you like to learn. Different books have different types of repertoire, you know, different styles. Some have 
more of the Travis picking alternating bass technique. Some utilize arpeggiation more for beautiful flowing arrangements. Some kind of give you a sampling of all the different types of fingerstyle guitar. So yeah, I recommend that you look through some of the other videos on my channel. And also, I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but if you haven't checked out my book, it's called Arranging for Fingerstyle Guitar. In this book, I show you how to take one simple melody and arrange it in hundreds of different ways, so that hopefully, in the end, you can arrange any melody for fingerstyle guitar. So in my book, more specifically, I will show you how to add a very simple bass line underneath the melody. I'll show you how to add some inner harmony, how to utilize alternating bass or Travis picking underneath the melody, how to add arpeggiation under the melody, how to put the melody in the bass, how to harmonize the melody with thirds and sixths and tenths, how to utilize natural and artificial harmonics. And then we will move on to transposing the melody to different keys because every melody sits on the guitar a little bit differently and a different key might just work better for your arrangement. And so I show you how to transpose the melody from the key of G major to the key of C major, and then I'll show you how to transpose into a couple of other keys, and then how to utilize some alternate tunings to make this a little easier. But I like to teach alternate tunings different than most books do. I don't like to just give you an alternate tuning and throw a bunch of chord shapes at you and maybe a couple songs and expect you to be a master at that alternate tuning. I like to show you how we've arranged, we've tried to arrange the song in standard tuning, and maybe it's difficult to reach a certain bass note, so maybe we drop the low E string to D, it's called drop D tuning, in order to have different access to your bass notes. And if that's not enough, maybe we drop the guitar into dadgad tuning. So very similar to drop D, but this time we're gonna drop the top two strings a whole step each, giving you slightly different access to your melody notes. Um, I like to do it in steps like this so that you see why you might use an alternate tuning, why you might change one string to make your arrangement work better. I don't like to just say I'm gonna make up a funky tuning for my guitar and figure out how to play a song in it. Alternate tunings are tools. They might give you different access or different inner harmony notes or things like that. Also in my book, I go into a lot of detail on how to reharmonize songs. I've talked about this in other episodes, but I really enjoy reharmonization. For fingerstyle guitar, I find that it's really important because we don't have lyrics. We're, we're singing through the guitar um, instrumentally, and if you play you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, the verses sounding the same can get boring for the listener. If you were singing, you'd have different lyrics. Maybe the same melody, but different lyrics to keep it interesting. But with fingerstyle guitar, we need to find other ways to keep it interesting, either through melodic variations or harmonic variations. And reharmonization is a way to put different chords underneath the melody to make it more interesting. And I go into a lot of detail on how to do that. So I know that was an earful. I hope you will check out my book. It's available um, through the link in the show notes or the description below. And if you haven't checked out my music, please check out my new tracks from Pins on the Map. I have my four singles that I've released. The full album will be available in January of 2024, so in just a, about a month and a half. And my previous two albums are also online on all the streaming services as well. Um, Riding the Wave 
and Acoustic Oasis. There's lots of fingerstyle guitar, some fingerstyle ukulele, and um, some piano tracks. So please check that out. And that's it for today. I hope you learned something useful and maybe this book will be right for you. Maybe it won't be right for you. I hope you can make a more informed purchasing decision. And feel free to leave me a comment below. I love getting book recommendations. Um, I had never heard of the Ken Perlman book, and somebody asked me to do a review of it, so I ordered it, and I went through it, and I did a review. That was the previous two episodes ago, episode 13. So yeah, I do, I read the comments, and I try to respond to all of them. Yeah, so I'll see you in the next episode. Please like this video and subscribe. See you next time.